Wow. I think you guys all sound like how I feel. That's some cool bass. <laughs> no, Corey, we do not take coats. We will take coats, but we're not going to take goats. Uh, we'll take coats and we'll donate those to kids in need. But goats, I don't know about. But uh, Just a couple quick announcements. We'll jump into the sermon series. The first announcement we have is uh, coming up immediately following church today is our youth group service. Uh, we'll be having that here uh, directly after. We'll be having pizza, so stay after if you're of youth group age. We'd love to have you stay with us and join with us and have pizza and have some fun time. That'll be, again, uh, immediately following service today. And then also, the other quick announcement, uh, and Robert, I don't have any of these up here, so if you can jump over to the Christmas is uh, Christmas for our town. announcement there. We are doing uh, this again this year, Christmas is for our town. Uh, what we're doing is we're actually working with the school, uh, Richtown School District, and they are uh, teaming up with us to provide toys to kids. And so what we're doing is uh, we have a sign-up list that you can sign up and get uh, this wonderful uh, QR code that you see here on the right-hand corner. You can actually sign up to buy gifts. Is it working? No, it's not. Yeah, or you can go, I think I have uh, the flyers out on the, out on the info table too. There's flyers on the info table. You can grab and just scan that QR code with your phone. It'll take you to a list. You sign up for a toy to buy. And then sometime between now and December 10th, you bring that toy back uh, to us. And we will actually, what we're going to do is set them up at uh, Ritztown uh, United Methodist Church this, this year because we can't do at the school districts. And uh, families who are, uh, picked out from the school district, from the counselors, will come through this uh, church and be able to shop, quote-unquote shop, for free uh, for toys for their kids and uh, for Christmas. And so we'd love to have you uh, partake in that. We, we definitely need your help. This year has been a little tough because of COVID. We haven't been able to set up as many trees as w- what we have done in the past. And so we are definitely looking for some additional help on that. If you have uh, places that would like to donate toys, uh, please let us know. We can get you the information um, or if you have uh, other people that would like to donate, let us know on that also as well. Just want to let you know that uh, my wife and I are feeling 100% better. Thank you for those that have been praying for us. If you did not know or did not hear before, my wife and I uh, unfortunately came down with COVID the last two weeks, and uh, well, uh, three, almost three weeks ago now. And uh, yeah, I just want to let you know that, listen, it's not fun. I'll tell you the truth. It's not fun, but it's survivable. Uh, We're not hearing a lot today about people who are surviving (laughs) over COVID, but uh, it can be survived. It is something that you can get through. And so I just want to let you know that uh, it it is something that we can get through. Now, having said that, we want to make sure that we're continuing to be good stewards of what the Lord has asked us to do. And so that's why we're asking you to wear masks. I know some uh, some people don't like to wear masks and that's a difficult thing, and, and uh, I know some people are against that, but I just want to ask you to just remember to continue to wear those, continue to try to stay spaced out as we are doing such a wonderful job today. Unfortunately, a lot of things in our world has changed uh, because of COVID, and I want to make sure that we're doing our best that we can as a church to continue meeting in person. So we're going to do all that we can to continue meeting in person, uh, and part of that is trying to be as safe as we can in everything that we're doing. 
All right. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9, the verse that we read before. Oh, and by the way, <coughs> I just have to say that uh, Corey actually had the right slide up there. It is hope. It's not peace. I totally had COVID brain when I came down here to light the candle, and I went from hope to peace. And so when I lit the candle, I was thinking it should have been peace, but it was actually, it should have been hope, but in my mind it was peace. And so therefore, uh, we have the hope of God, not just the peace of God. We have them all uh, with us, thankfully. I opened up the wrong. Sorry, give me one second. I opened up the wrong uh, presentation here on my iPad, so I was trying to control the wrong one. There we go. Okay. Have you ever had a time in your life when you uh, looked upon something in a totally different way? You know, I'm not an English major, and I'm not going to even pretend to be one, and, and uh, I'm not very good in my mastery of the English language. I think Carla, who is not English, is not her first language, is better at English than I am. Sorry, Carla. But uh, English is not my, it is my first language, but it is not obviously in my brain. I, I like to make up words and do those types of things. But have you ever been written, writing or typing something, and then all of a sudden you look at the word and you're like, there's no way that's how they spell that word. There is just no way. You, know, you, you write this word out and you look at it or you say a word so many times. <clears throat> I, I actually saw something earlier this week where it said, you know, this is a pecan. And then they had peas in a can and says this is a pecan. And so this is the different, you know, the English language is so weird when you look at this, but it's not just the English language, it's also our mind when we look at something and we, we see something. Sometimes in our life, we experience things in our life that are way different than other times that we've experienced something. I hope that you understand what I'm saying when, when I say that when you look upon something new, it's something totally different. Also, it's our, you ever heard of the statement when someone goes, you just got to be there? Jay, have you ever had someone say, you just got to be there? Uh, every day, right? When we experience something, when you're there and you experience something, it's way different than someone trying to retell you the story trying to tell you the story of something amazing that happened to them. I could tell you stories after stories of amazing things that happened to me, and and they would be amazing to me, and I remember exactly how I felt at that moment that those things happened to me. But then there's also other times that we just seem to forget. There's times that we just, we have been in awe of something, and then we forget about it. I I was... um, when we were sick, I was actually going through pictures of, of a trip that I took before I even met my wife, and it was to the Grand Canyon. <clears throat> and I was looking through the pictures, and I got to this one particular picture. I don't know if any of you have ever been to the Grand Canyon, but there's this place in the Grand Canyon where you walk out onto this ledge, and it's out actually over the canyon, and the floor underneath you is glass. And so you can see all the way down to the bottom of the canyon floor, and as I'm standing there, I took a picture. Now, this was many, many years ago. This was just, I mean, my wife and I have only been married two years, so it's only a couple of years ago. No, I'm kidding. It was 20, almost 25, 26 years ago. And I took this picture, and when I took this picture, I was in such awe at that moment because of the grandeur, uh, the grandness of the Grand Canyon. It was amazing, and the picture was so 
just so amazing to me, and I remember exactly how I, fe- how I felt that day that I took that picture. Now, I will tell you, for years it's been in this photo album. I haven't looked at this picture for years. But it, when I opened up that picture and I pulled that picture out and I looked at it, I went, wow, I remember exactly how I felt, how the grandness, how the beauty, how the amazing view of the Grand Canyon looked at that very moment. It was an amazing time for me. Life, over the course of the years, had taken away that awe of that picture, the awe of that feeling that I had that day. But just in one moment, looking at that picture, it drew me back into that time when I was there. It's not just looking at a picture of a vacation picture, it's, it's, it's other things too. I mean, if you're here today and you have a child, you remember the day that you gave birth to that child. Now, most of the ladies in this room will tell you that they don't remember the pain of that day, or maybe they do, and they just don't say it because they don't want to make their kids feel bad. But they don't remember that, but they remember just the day, the honest of that day that happened. I remember the day my my daughter was born like it was yesterday. Now, she's 22 years old. She's married. She's running youth groups. She's doing all of these things today. She's much different than she was 22 years ago. I can tell you that for sure. But there is a moment in time that I remember the day she was born. I can take you back to almost every second of that day. It's almost like that moment has stood still in our mind when we took a hold of this moment that we were going through and we lived through and we remember it. But there's also then a life that comes in. Life becomes difficult. You go through things and you forget the honest of this time. You forget the honest of that moment that has happened. Our verse comes from Isaiah 9 today, and it was in a time when all seemed lost. There is no hope. There is just death around. There is no hope for the Israelites. Israelites at this time, before this verse was brought to them, before this prophecy was given to them, there was no hope for them. They were, they were being attacked by the Syrians. They were being uh, weighed down by them. They were... They were uh, facing certain uh, slavery to the Syrians. They were, they were going to be uh, just no longer a nation. They're trying to find hope in something. And Isaiah comes before them. In the midst of, if you read the first few chapters of Isaiah, you'll find in the first few chapters of Isaiah that it's not good news. Isaiah brings a bad prophecy to the people of, Is, of the Israelite people. He brings to them this message of, you're not following God and therefore God's going to to allow his punishment to fall upon you and his punishment is going to come through the Assyrian people. And so God is bringing this message to the Israelites at this time. And yet, right in the middle of Isaiah chapter 9, right in the middle there, there was a moment that we remember for the rest of our lives. If you're a Christian here today and you're following Jesus Christ, you remember Isaiah 9, verse 6. You've sang about it, you've heard about it, you've watched it, it's been an impact in you uh, for Christmas time at some point in your life. It's a time when his... It's a time when the hope of a prophecy was spelled out to the Israelites that a son would be given, that a child would be born, that the government would be upon his shoulders, that he would literally carry the world even though they would despise him, reject him. His sacrifice would be great and would be for all of us. 
He would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace. There will be no end. And he will reign on David's throne over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time and forevermore. We find this verse in Isaiah chapter 9. It's a very interesting verse because what you have to understand is that, again, all of this information I just gave to you, the Israelites were facing this slavery. They're facing this, this, uh, this foe that they cannot beat. They're not following God, and God is saying he's going to punish them. And then right in the middle of this, Isaiah brings this prophecy of a son that is going to be given. Now, here's the most interesting part about this. This is almost 800 years before Jesus is actually born. The Israelites are without hope. They have no hope. They're certainly facing the end, or they feel like they're facing the end. And yet Jesus comes to them. And he gives to them, Isaiah gives to them this prophecy of Jesus' birth. The interesting thing about this prophecy is, again, that it was 800 years, uh, uh, roughly 800 years prior to Jesus actually coming to be born. This hope that was spoken to them, though, through the prophet Isaiah was a hope that would increase inside the Israelites, would give them hope, would allow them to see past the Syrian army. Now, again, it's for years, for hundreds of years, this doesn't come to play. But just a simple fact that the prophecy of Jesus coming to this earth was given to them, they became hopeful. And they were able to live through this time. This verse, of course, of, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and uphold it with justice and righteousness from the time forth. And at the very end of this, says, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. What I'm asking you to do today is we're going to look at over the next four weeks leading up to Christmas, each one of these positions, each one of these names of who Jesus is. And what I'm asking you to do is to behold upon Jesus, behold upon these names, a new fresh look upon what it means for you, for him to be these things. For the Israelites to hear that Jesus was going to come to to them and that he was going to be a wonderful counselor was an amazing thing. It wasn't just a sleight of hand. It wasn't just a message. This message that was given to them in Isaiah 9, starting in verse 6, for unto us a child is born. By the way, they weren't expecting a child. They were, looking for a ki- they were looking for a king to come on a horse that was going to militarily overthrow. Is that a word? Yeah, I think that's okay. By military force, he was going to use, they were looking for someone as a, as a general to come and overthrow all the countries. To restore to them their greatness, the position that God has given to them. And yet Isaiah comes to them and he says, it's not going to come as a general. It's going to come as a child. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. This idea of the government being upon his shoulders is one that spells out that he's going to control all things. He's going to control every aspect of this. And then he goes on, of course, to say, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But today... Let's behold him as a wonderful counselor. And what does that mean to us today? We're going to learn today what it means to look upon Jesus as a wonderful counselor. 
why we need to celebrate that fact today, especially today in the day of COVID, in the day of age that we're living in today. We need to look at the Lord, our, our Savior, as our wonderful counselor and what that means to each and every one of us. Before we jump in any further, let's pause and ask the Lord to be with us. Will you pray with me, please? Lord, we thank you for this day. We glorify you, we honor you, and we praise you. And as we approach the season of Christmas, Lord, this Advent season that we're in right now, Lord, it's a very difficult time. I know many people are at home listening online because they don't feel safe being out. Many people have trouble going to the stores. We're being told not to, not to be out past 10 o'clock. We're told not to go anywhere. In fact, we're told to just stay inside of our homes and just go to work and go to, uh, and if we need to, go to the store. Lord, this is a time when we need your counsel. This is a time when we need you to be wonderful in our lives again more than ever before. So Lord, we cry out to you and we ask you, help us to look upon you in a new and fresh way. Lord, to see that picture of you being a wonderful counselor, to see you as being an everlasting father, to look at you as being the almighty God, to look at you as being the prince of peace. Help us today, Lord Jesus, to look upon you in this fresh new way. Let it again change us at our heart. Let it again change us on who we are so that when we look upon you and when we see you, we're still in awestruck, we're still in wonder. We take a step back and we have to catch our breath because we're in such amazement at who you are and what you're doing. Lord, help us today. Lord, I pray that you would just speak to us today. Speak to us through these verses. Speak to us through this message. Lord, I pray that my words would not be my own, but they would truly be your words, Father. Come to us. Holy Spirit, remove any hindrances and roadblocks that we have that keep us from hearing from you today. Let us do your will, Father. And let us celebrate you during this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <coughs> Sometimes we just need a little hope. Sometimes we just need to hang on to see the wonderful things that will happen. You know, I can tell you over the last few weeks, I, there was a time in my bed I was just laying there going, if I could just get rid of my headache, that would give me enough hope to go through to something else. If I could just get rid of this cough for a second, I could get through this. It's these little steps that you look for, these little things in life that we're looking to just get through. Sometimes in our life, we have to just see something. You know, sometimes everything around us is going bad. Now, I can tell you this morning was very difficult because we had to set everything up this morning again because we were all tore out. Uh, the last few weeks have been tore down. So we had a little bit of tough time. We had a little bit of a, uh, of a technical struggle this morning. But as we were doing this, I was just thinking, Lord, just give us a little bit of hope. Just give us a little bit of a sign, something. And everything came together as it normally does. But it's interesting because when we're in the midst of trouble, when we're in the midst of difficult times, we look for these little signs of hope. We look for these little signs of things that will just carry us through to the next thing, to the next moment, to the next piece. The Israelites were looking for that little piece of hope. They're looking just for something to get them over this place that they were in. They found themselves, as I said, in this, in this ugly uh, slavery, in this place of this country, this come, Assyrians are coming against them, and they're just looking for this little moment of peace, this little minute of hope. And Isaiah gives it to them. He starts out by calling Jesus this wonderful counselor. 
But have you ever paused and just asked yourself, what does it mean to have a wonderful counselor? Now, I wish I had a couch here that I could bring Jay up and, and lay him down because his brain is really interesting and we could learn a lot from that. Just kidding, Jay. I, I had to give you a little bit of a hard time. <laughs> but as a counselor, as someone who counsels people, you spend time talking to them. You spend time giving them advice. You spend time hearing their problems and hearing everything that they're going through so that you can give them advice on how to move forward in the issues and the areas that they're going through. But Jesus is called more than just a counselor. He's also called the wonderful counselor. In this amazing prophecy, we are given just a moment to see inside the characteristics of God. Over the last few weeks, we have been looking at and hearing the Hebrew names of God. And as we look at these names of the Hebrew names of God, we have dived, uh, taken a, um, a jump, a dive into his characteristics of who he is. We spent some time there understanding what it means for God to be Adonai and what it means for God to be Jehovah Nisi and all of the ones that we went through. Those are wonderful things and, and beautiful things. Yet today, when we look at these over the next four weeks, when we take this, we're going to take it just a step for, further and look at the wonderful things it means as we dive into the characteristics of who Jesus is. When we behold upon Jesus, wonderful counselor, it changes everything of who we are. At some point, if you're here today and you've given your life to Jesus Christ, there has been this moment of time, this wonderful moment of time that you've come to the cross and you've known and you've asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins. When I say that, what I mean is that we have make it, we've made a, a, a decision inside our heart to ask Jesus into our hearts to be our king, to be our savior, to forgive us of our sins. We've come to the realization that I am not good enough. I can't do anything to win and to get my sins forgiven. I need what Jesus did on the cross for us. At some moment in your life, if you're here today and you're a Christian, you experience that wonderful moment when that happened inside of you. When that wonderful moment of Jesus coming to you and he spoke to you or, or he, he made it known to your heart and you came to a place of saying, I need nothing more than to be at the feet of Jesus. When we hear this word that Jesus is wonderful, we think about all of the things he did in his life. I mean, I could sit here and, and preach a message just on how wonderful Jesus is. And it could be a series after series after series of all the wonderful things that Jesus did. From the healings that he did on this earth where he, uh, blind men were, were made to see. And where he went to and, and he healed the, the crippled man that was at the, at the uh, gate uh, coming into the, the temple. And, and as he went through and he, as the, as the friends lowered the man through the roof and, and Jesus prayed over this man and he became healed. I could continue going on and on and on and talking about the wonderful things that Jesus did. He did amazing, wonderful things when he was on this earth, but he's still doing amazing, wonderful things today for you and I. What he did on the cross was amazing and wonderful, and you could preach and talk and, and, and just pray upon that for the rest of your life and never run out of enough things to say. From what he did when he was here on this earth, to what he did for you and I when he died on that cross, all of these things can be wonderful. But too often we lose the wonder of what Jesus has done. 
just like I told you, I lost the wonder and the honest of that picture of the Grand Canyon. It wasn't until I pulled that picture out and looked at it and was taken back to that very moment that I watched and I remember taking that picture. Sometimes in our life, we forget about the wonderfulness of who Jesus Christ is. Sometimes we allow life to just weigh heavy on us. Sometimes sickness comes and it just weighs so heavy upon us and we get away from doing the things that we used to do. Sometimes trouble in our marriage causes us to lose the wonder of who Jesus is. Sometimes we have trouble with our kids and that brings us to another place where it takes us away from the wonder of who Jesus is. Sometimes it's just life in general. Sometimes it's just getting up every day and going to work and coming home and eating dinner and then watching your favorite TV show and then saying, I'm tired, I'm going to go to bed. And you go to bed and you wake up the next day and it's time after time after time. It's, it's the same routine and the same routine time after time after time. It's the same thing over and over and over again. And you lose the wonder of who Jesus is. And you need something to strike you at your core to say, remember, remember how wonderful Jesus is. I can tell you even as a pastor, and I'm sure if Corey was truthful, he would tell you this too. Not that he's not truthful. If he was up here, he would say this. But even as a worship leader, even as a pastor, sometimes we have to remember the wonderness, the wonder of Jesus, the honest of him. Because sometimes just being up here and singing the songs, you get lost in the details of putting the computer together and putting the slides together and playing the music and making sure you hit every note, making sure that you don't pound on the on the. Uh, cajon at the wrong time or the wrong beat or whatever it is that makes sure that when you're singing if you're singing it at all it's in tune and you lose the wonder of what we're doing you lose the wonder of this is we're here not to play music we're not here to make sure we hit every right note or any of this stuff we're here to worship jesus christ and what an amazing time that is we need to remind ourselves on a daily basis how wonderful jesus is We need to remember the things that he has done for us. Not to get mired down in the details of life. Not to get mired down in the difficulties of life and the struggles of life. Yes, they're there. I can promise you they're there. I know that they're there. Each one of us is struggling to get through that. But when we lose the wonder of who Jesus is, when we lose that wonder, things in life become so much more difficult let me ask you when is the last time you looked upon jesus as wonderful when is the last time that you just stood for a moment and you stared into the cross and said lord you are so wonderful you are so amazing i just i there's no words that i can share with you there's no words i can pray to you when is the last time that you've looked upon what jesus did with an absolute wonder Because the truth of the matter is, is even if Jesus doesn't answer any one of your prayer requests, the ones that I know we all have, we all have prayer requests on our hearts and on our heads right now that we're praying to God to do, that we're asking him. But even if he doesn't do any of those things, even if he doesn't answer one of those prayer requests, you're still serving a God who deserves to, deserves all of your wonder, all of your awe, all of your love, all of your amazement. To look upon him in that new and fresh way It's an amazing thing. Too often we forget about the wonderful deeds he has done for us. We lose the awe of how many wonderful things he's already done for us. Because we're so mired down in the details of the trouble that we're facing today, that we're seeking him just to answer the prayer that's on our heart, that we forget he has already done amazing things. Just a simple fact that you're all here 
breathing is an amazing wonderment that Jesus has done for us, and we need to be thankful for that. In the midst of our struggle and our sickness, my, I, I looked at my wife and I said, you know, we're coughing, we're hacking, we have fevers, we're sick, we're not feeling good, we're, we're just sitting there. But I looked at her and I said, we are blessed. Because there's other people that we know that aren't so blessed. That are either in the hospital with COVID or have unfortunately passed away of COVID. So when I looked upon this, I said, yes, we're struggling through this, but it is a blessing and I will stand in awe of who Jesus is because I believe that we are being protected by our Savior, Jesus Christ, at this very moment in time. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what struggle you're in. It doesn't matter what you're doing. We need to find the awe of who Jesus is again. We need to look upon him and his greatness of who he is. David was this man of God. You know, uh, David was, was said to be uh, the, the man after God's own heart. And David, more than anyone else, wrote these amazing prayers and these amazing moments where I think he was just standing in awe of who God was. David wrote over and over again in the Psalms just this amazement. And, and he wrote songs after God, for God and, and talking about these wonderful things. And he says in Psalm 8, verses 1 through 9, he says, O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name. In all the earth you have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and infants, you have established strength because of your foes. You're still the enemy and the avenger. He continues on to says, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? <laughs> Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him the dominion over your works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep, oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the pass of the seas. O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. See, the truth of the matter is, is David is grappling with just how wonderful God is. He's grappling with um, He's wrestling, as my father would say. He doesn't say wrestle, he says wrestling, right? He's wrestling with, uh, <laughs> he's, 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 he's trying to understand just how wonderful God is and he doesn't know how to say it. And so he just says, You're, you, you have placed us somewhere in the heavens above all of the beasts of the field and the birds of the heaven, all of those things. You are so amazing, God. How majestic is your name. David continues to say these things. David is serving God and he's standing in wonder and awe of him. But David has a moment in time when he loses the wonder of who God is. He's standing up on that rooftop and he looks over and in a moment of time when he loses the thought of how wonderful God is, how amazing God is, that majesticness of who God is. He looks down and instead of being focused on the cross, instead of being focused on what he's supposed to, his eyes see something that is of earthly beauty and he decides he wants that. 
be when we lose the wonder of Jesus. Things in this world become much harder. If David would have went to that rooftop to praise God and to say, how wonderful you are, Lord, how wonderful you are, you're majestic in all the earth, there's nothing better than you. And he looked down and he saw Bathsheba bathing down there below, but his mind was focused on God, it would have been much easier for him to take a step back and go, I can't look at that. The truth of the matter is, is when we lose the wonder of who Jesus is, when we lose the wonder of all that he is on that cross and what he's done for us, the things of this world are going to draw your attention away from him and to them. And when we are drawn to the things of this world, it leaves us to our sinful nature and our sinful nature will cause us to fall in places that we should not fall. The truth of the matter is, is that if we find ourselves convicted or we find ourselves being pulled towards that Bathsheba, if you will, if we are pulled towards doing something that we know we shouldn't do, if we're seeing ourselves being pulled to that, we need to take a step back and start praising the Lord. Yes, if you feel like you're being pulled into doing something that you shouldn't be doing, whether you're looking at something on the computer you shouldn't be doing or you're about ready to say a word that you shouldn't say or you're about ready to lie about something that you shouldn't lie about or you're going to end up into a place, you need to take a step back and just say, God, you are so wonderful. How majestic is your name? And remember the wonder of who Jesus is because it's at that moment of time that he will help you through these times because he's not just wonderful. He's also our counselor. The second part of Messiah's title that is given to us in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 is, is counselor. Jesus is not just wonderful, he's also a counselor. But what does it mean for Jesus to be a counselor? See, in ancient Israel, a counselor was portrayed as a king, someone such as Solomon. If you know your biblical history at all, and if you don't, I'll try to catch you up a little bit. But Solomon was, was uh, named in the scripture as the wisest of wise kings. He was this great king that when when face to face with the Lord, the Lord asked him, what would he want? What do you want? And he said, I want wisdom. He didn't want wealth. He didn't want riches. He didn't ask for kingdoms. He didn't ask for anything. He asked for wisdom. And the Lord blessed him with that wisdom. And he's known as the wisest king of all times. His kingdom and his rule was amazing. It was one of the best times in, Israel, in, in Israel's history when we see this King Solomon raised up. Isaiah uses this word again in Isaiah 28, 29 to describe the Lord. This also comes from the Lord of hosts. <coughs> Excuse me. He says that he is wonderful in counselor and excellent in wisdom. Jesus is a wise counselor. In John chapter 2, verses 25, he did not need any testimony about mankind because he knew every single person. Understand this. Listen, I mean, I I have helped a lot of people in my life, you know, and and people come and ask me, will you counsel with me? Will you help me through this? And sometimes it's marriage counseling. Sometimes it's just problems with their life. And I love doing that. That's an amazing thing. And I love having time. But, you know, a lot of what I do when I counsel with someone is just spend some time hearing what they're going through, walking and understanding and trying to put myself into their shoes to understand that Jesus didn't need any of that stuff. He knew. 
He knew all mankind. He knows every single one of us that's in this room and our hearts and what we think about and where we're at and what we're going through and every struggle that you and I are facing at this very moment, Jesus knows because he is the great counselor. Jesus is here to counsel you through all of these things. He's here to help us. He's qualified in ways no human counselor is. In Christ is hidden treasures and wisdom and knowledge according to Colossians 2, verse 3. Including the knowledge of all human nature. So not only was he understanding that each and every one of us and how we're going to do, but Jesus, because he was fully human and he was here on this earth, understood the nature of humans. He understood everything. Jesus was tempted. Do you understand that? Jesus chose not to sin, but he was still tempted when he was here on this earth. It wasn't like when Jesus came to this earth that he didn't have temptations. Scripture tells us of one amazing tempting that the devil came to him and tempted him to take over the whole entire world and to give him all the food that he could ever want and the kingdoms that he could ever want. Of course, this was happening in the desert. But understand that as Jesus being fully human, those temptations didn't just stop with the devil. Jesus was fully human, so he was tempted all the way through his life, but he chose to be wonderful. He chose to be the great counselor and to overcome those things. And so what that means for you and I is today when we go to him, we can understand that Jesus isn't just trying to share with you or, or he doesn't have an understanding of who you are. He knows exactly who you are. He knows exactly what you're going through, not only because he is the creator of all things and so therefore he created you, but he also has struggled and walked through the same steps that you and I are walking through today. The struggle was real. But because of that, because he was fully human, he knows today what you and I are going through. Christ's position as wonderful counselor means that we can trust him. His position of being this wonderful counselor, this person who understands all of us, we can trust him because he knows how to help us through what we're going through. He's not looking to just come down and, and throw lightning bolts at your behind because you did something wrong. No, he's here to understand who you are. He's here to love you and to share with you and to be with you and to guide you and direct you. He will never, never leave you alone. Jesus doesn't promise that he's going to take away all the bad things of this world. That's one of the things that people always ask. Why, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, bad things happen to Christians because God never promised that they were going to go away. We live in a sinful, fallen world. And because of that reason, we're going to have to go through bad things. What Jesus promised us is that we'll never go alone. We'll have someone to walk us through. We have a counselor who can guide us and direct us through those times. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 29 says, this also comes from the Lord of hosts. He is wonderful and counselor and excellent in wisdom. This is Jesus, this is Isaiah speaking about God himself saying, this also comes from the Lord of hosts. He is wonderful and counselor and excellent in wisdom. <clears throat> the truth of the matter is we don't have to have all the answers. We don't have to understand how and how we're going to overcome what we're going through in our lives. We don't have to understand every single step. You know, I shared with my friends on a Zoom call last Saturday that, uh, you know, I was at, uh, on a board meeting and, and they were asking me how I felt and those types of things. I said, it's, I'm doing okay, actually. I'm feeling better. I'm, I'm getting better. I'm, I'm improving. And I said, the one thing that drives me nuts about all of this is that I don't know what's next. 
You know, as I, I was searching, as we're going through these things, I was asking uh, Google, what is next in the, my travel with COVID? You know, what's going to be next? What's the next thing that happens? What's, when am I going to get my smell and taste back? Or when is this going to happen? See, one of the worst things that we as humans want to know is what's next. We always want to know what's next. We want to know exactly when this is going to happen or that's going to happen. We want to know exactly when we're going to have a child. We want to know exactly when we're going to get that next promotion. We want to know exactly when this is going to happen, when that's going to happen. We take out loans on houses knowing exactly the day that it's going to be paid off. We take loans on cars knowing exactly when they're going to be uh, paid off. We know all of these things. We look for our direction and those types of things. What we fail to understand is that life is not always like that. Jesus is in control of all things. Jesus is in control of who you and I are, and he is a wonderful counselor. We don't have to know all the answers. It sets you free when you don't have to know the answers. The most difficult thing about life is what we wish that we knew all the answers and we don't. I wish I knew when COVID would end. I can tell you a year ago today, when I was sharing a message about Christmas, I would have never thought a year later we had gone through what we've gone through this year. Never. Never in my right mind would I have ever guessed this. Did I like it? No, I hate it. I've hated it. This year has been really difficult. A lot of things. I hate wearing a mask. I hate going through and, and doing things that I, you know, making sure that every time I go to, and get gas at the gas pump or walk into the store, I have to go like this with sanitizer and my hands are so dry because I've used so much sanitizer going through all of these things and going through all of this time, you know, making sure that we're six feet away. Listen, being six feet away from people, it drives me nuts because I'm a hugger. I love to hug people. I do. I love to just hug on people. I love to go them up and give them a hug and just, you know, hope they're doing well and do these types of things and not being able to do that drives me nuts. But you know what? I know the one who's in control of all things. And as much as this drives me nuts and as much as I want this to end, I trust in Jesus because he's my counselor. And he will counsel me through all of, every one of these steps. I can tell you without a doubt. I don't know where we got, I, I, I want to say this and I said this online, but I don't know where my wife and I got COVID from. We have no clue. We wear masks. We do the things that we're supposed to do. But I can tell you the Tuesday prior, and you can ask Chad, Chad, Chudderman back there. The Tuesday prior to me starting to get sick, I wasn't quite sick yet. But I called him up and I said, Chad, you know what? I think we're not going to meet today for Bible study. I said, we're just not going to meet today because I just don't feel right. I don't want to take a chance on anything. And so I didn't meet with him. In fact, that week, and then as I was praying, God was just saying, you need to cancel everything. And so I went through and canceled every one of my meetings. That was Tuesday. That was a full, uh, almost a full week before we got our positive COVID test. test. But for a week, I canceled everything. We did not go anywhere. My wife and I stayed home. We stayed in our house. We didn't meet with anyone. We didn't talk with anyone. Why? Because God was counseling me through all of this. One of the things that I feel so blessed about is that I know for sure that during our most contagious time, we weren't around anyone. That we stayed away from people. I feel positive. I feel wonderful about that. Because God was my counselor and he counseled us through this. See, God wants to counsel you through the troubles that you have. He didn't stop COVID from coming and I, I want to have a conversation with him about that. In fact, I have. <laughs> I've sat down and said, God, why did I have to go through this? I don't know why I had to go through this. But I'll tell you this. We did things because God 
counseled us through this time of our life. Every one of us, and it's not just COVID. I mean, just every single part of your life, you need God as your counselor. You need him there to counsel you through, to give you direction, to give you a, a direction to go and which way we should go. See, Jesus will give you the answers if you serve him as your counselor. He's not only wonderful, but he's also a counselor who wants to guide you through all things in your life. When we behold God as our wonderful counselor, it takes away the troubles of this world. But as God's people seem prone to do, we forget about this allness. We forget about his wonder. We forget about him being a counselor. And we fa- find ourselves falling down, stumping, uh, tripping over our own feet. And we need to stop for a moment. See, Christmas isn't always great. Christmas isn't always... I love Christmas. It's been a wonderful time. It's the most wonderful time of the year for me. I love it. I wish somehow we could take Christmas and make it last all year long. I do. If I had my choice, I would make sure Christmas lights were up all year long. We would sing Christmas carols. I start singing Christmas carols in July when I'm mowing the yard outside. Yes, you can all look at me and call me strange, because I am. I know that. But I love it. Why? Because it represents who Jesus is. This wonderful time of the year when Jesus came and we celebrate his birth. But we must not allow the world and the trouble that we're going to, going through, Help us to lose sight of the wonder. We must not allow it to fade away. We must not allow the wonder of who Jesus is and the counselor counselor that he is to fade away from us. We must stand strong to that and stand strong to the fact that Jesus wants to not only be wonderful to you, he wants to be your counselor and guide you through everything that you're going through. See, when we behold upon Jesus in being a wonderful counselor, our life will forever be changed. Will the worship team come forward? And the kids bust out. (laughs) There are a few times in our life, as I said at the beginning of the sermon, when we stand in awe of who Jesus is. We stand in awe of a moment. What I want to ask you today is that you just take a moment to regain that wonder and that aweness of who Jesus is. 800 years before Jesus came, a prophecy was given that he was going to be born as a child. 800 years before all of this, a hope rang out to the Israelites that allowed them to make it through to the very day that Jesus was born. Today, in this moment of time, we don't know when Jesus is coming back. You know, we hear this all the time. Jesus is coming back now. We're in the end times. Well, we may be. Who knows? A lot of things, if you read your biblical, if you read your Bible and you read through Revelations, you can see a lot of things lining up. But we don't know the exact date or time. None of us do. Scripture tells us that we shouldn't look for that. The only thing that we can do is have our lamps trimmed and burning. We have this moment of time when God is looking upon who we are. And he understands where we're going. He understands the steps that we're taking. He understands the direction that you and I are going through. And so today, may I ask you at this very moment, will you not lose the wonder of who Jesus is? Will you behold him as your God? Will you behold him as a wonderful counselor of who he is? Jesus is here for you today, and we must not lose that sight. Will you stand with me, please?
for those that are watching online, for those that are here today, we want to have an opportunity to pray with you, to be with you, to, to get to know you, and whether that's having you text us and let us know that you're watching online or comment online that you're watching us or you're here today. We want to have an opportunity to pray with you today. We want to have an opportunity to have you look upon the cross of Jesus Christ in the way that you may not have since the day that you asked him into your heart. We want to give you an opportunity to stop everything that's going around, to stop the, the struggle, to stop the, the difficulties, to stop, stop thinking about all of those things. And just for a moment, just in this wonderful moment that we're in right now, take a step back. Jesus, you are wonderful. You are my counselor. You will guide me through all things. You'll guide me through those steps that I need. And Father, at this very moment, I pray. I pray for those that are watching online. I pray for those that are here in this place that they would just grasp a hold of how wonderful you are, how much you love them, and it doesn't matter what they're going through. Those struggles don't mean anything compared to how wonderful you are. When we look upon you, when we behold how wonderful you are, when we see you in a new way, you help us in this place. And so, Lord, we're praying to you in this moment, in this time, to help us stand in all of you again. We look upon you, Jesus, and say, move in the same way. Bring us the hope and the love and the peace and the joy that you promised to bring the Israelites 800 years before you came. But just that promise brought them so much hope. And so today, Lord, we look upon you and we ask you, we need your hope. We need your love. We need to look upon you in a wonderful way again. Lord, I know you hear our prayers. I know you hear the cries of each single person and the troubles they're going through today. But may you also hear from our lips today, Father. Just our proclamation of how wonderful you are today. How wonderful you are. May we not come to you looking for anything. May we not come to you seeking after anything. May we just come to you to say how wonderful you are. And because you're so wonderful, when we proclaim that to you, you will guide us as our counselor today. But Lord, we come to you in this place. We seek you in this place as our wonderful counselor. As our wonderful Savior who died on the cross for us, who gave everything for us. You're here today and you're listening uh, in this building or you're listening online and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ before, you've never asked him to forgive you of your sins, you've never looked upon him in this wonderful way, it's as simple as just confessing with your mouth and saying, Jesus, you are my Lord. I stand in awe of who you are. I stand in awe that you chose to come to this earth and die on the cross for me. It's as simple as saying, you are my king. Forgive me of my sins. Be my savior. Scripture tells us that if we confess with our mouth and we believe in our hearts that Jesus will be our Savior. He will save you and I. 
That's a wonderful moment that we can stand in on. So Jesus, we come to you today. For those that have never said that before, maybe today is this day that we proclaim that to you. For us that have said that in times past, but somehow the troubles of this world, we have lost the honest, the wonder. Lord, you know what we're going through. You know the struggles that we face. Help us today. Not to focus on those things, but to focus on how wonderful you are. We praise you, Lord Jesus. You are wonderful. You are almighty God. You are Prince of Peace. You are our wonderful counselor. We don't deserve you. We don't deserve the love that you give to us. Yet you bring it anyway. You give it anyway. And you give it freely to us. Help us, Lord, in this place. Serve you in that way. Praise you. Worship you. Give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship together. Upon his hands, bearing. 
a sinful man, God eternal, humble to the grave, Jesus Savior, risen now to our God who is seated upon the throne. See, the truth of the matter is that sometimes we forget that Jesus didn't just come to this earth and live. He didn't just come to this earth and die on the cross, but today, at this very moment, he is seated at the right hand of our Father, interceding for each and every one of us in this room. He hasn't forgot what it was like to walk this earth. He hasn't forgot what it means to be human and in fact still to this very moment he intercedes for us because he knows what we're going through Father we thank you just for who you are we thank you Jesus that even at this moment you're interceding for us we just stand here in awe behold you as king we just stand here and we look upon you, the Lord of hosts, the King of kings, the Prince of peace, the everlasting Father, the wonderful Counselor. We stand here in this place and we honor you today, Father. Lord, it's normally at this time that we come before you with prayer requests and we stand before and we say this altar is open and and. We want those to come and we would pray with them and that is still open for you to do. But today, before you leave as we're praying, what we want to do, what I want to ask you to do today is not ask him for anything. Just behold him as God. Behold him as the wonderful counselor. Behold him as how wonderful he is. Remember, He is wonderful. Lord, you are so wonderful. You are so worthy of all things. So today, Lord, we come before you, remembering you. Remembering how wonderful you are, how awesome you are, how beautiful you are. Forgive us of our sins today, Father. Forgive us of those things that we have done that keep us separated from you. And bring us back into that place of connection with you. We love you, Lord. We glorify you. We honor you. We praise you. Help us this week to go forth from this place protected but guided. Serving you as the wonderful God of who you are. Love you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all.
I pray that you have a wonderful week, that you are safe, that you are protected. We'll see you again next week. God bless. Have a great week.